The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're joined by the CEO of a local tech play called Bridge, which has recently debuted on the Australian Stock Exchange. It's certainly been a busy couple of weeks. We're joined now by Jamie Conningham. Jamie, welcome. Great to have you with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, congratulations on your debut. How does it feel to be listed? Oh, it's really good. It's um, it's a fantastic milestone to, to get done, like it took over um, 12 months. So, yeah, it's a feeling of... Uh, relief and excitement, like relief to get it done and then excitement to um, you know, start getting to work and grow the company. Mm, it's under the code, of course, BGE, for those of you who do who are listening today and want to go and look up uh, Bridge. Now, Jamie, for those who don't know a, a lot about Bridge and what you do, tell us a bit about the company. Yeah, so basically it's a, it's a SaaS software platform for providers of government services. So it's basically like a, a CRM that has been um, modified for uh these provider groups that um, are really like outsourced um, companies for government services like employment services and NDIS and also aged care. So the government outsources, uh, you know, the actual work of getting someone a job or or providing care to these providers, but these providers need systems to keep track of all their participants, you know, make claims with the government for their revenue you know, tasks, document management, a whole lot of things, compliance. Um, and so that's what we do. Our software is their day-to-day um, operational software that the providers use. So, so it's essentially an operation platform for providers. Yeah, think of it like a CRM type um, software. But yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the platform that their staff would log into and um, run their day-to-day operations from. Now, you've, you've just raised, we talked about the fact you've just debuted on the ASX, you've raised $4.5 million through the IPO. Um, have you allocated those funds already? What, what, are, you, what are your plans? Yeah, we pre-allocated the, the funds and you know, it's set out in the prospectus. But basically, what we're trying to do is um, make Bridge, which is the name of the product, uh, easy to buy and easy to use for providers. And what I mean by that is like, um, we want it so that like, a provider can just log in, put their credit card in, um, and basically start using the software. And for the software to be intuitive enough, so that they don't they don't have too many questions, like it's so that it's obvious. And so to do that, um, you know, it requires like quite a lot of UX UI, um, a lot of development, like to tweak the existing product so that it's it's really streamlined and easy to use and buy. Because the reason why you do that is because like. Um, the, the target market that we're going for, the, the growth area is um, NDIS providers um, for support coordination. Now, in that area, like um, most of those providers are quite small. Like they're only like, you know, upwards from like, you know, one, one person teams up to like, you know, maybe 15, 20 people teams. Like they're quite small. And so they just want to get like software that, you know, helps, helps them be more efficient, helps them get their money in from the government, the claims, and they want it to be really easy. So they don't want to, they don't want a huge um, process of, of uh, onboarding or anything like that. They want it to be like a, a zero type experience where 
you know, you're just you're just choosing the plan that you want. You put your credit card in, you and you start paying, um, you know, monthly for the software as a service. Now, Jamie, there's around, and please correct me if I'm wrong. There's around seventeen thousand or so NDS providers in Australia. How many have adopted uh, your software solution? We only just um, launched recently, actually. So we, we started like doing some beta clients at the, at the end of May. Um, so we've got around about like five or six NDIS clients at the moment, but we've we've also got like um, historical employment services clients. So these are all providers. So yeah, so we've got a, a combination of employment services providers and NDIS providers that, to make up our, our total client base for Bridge. But the interesting thing there is that um, what we're seeing is some of the employment services providers are also like now doing NDIS. So there's this nice crossover happening, particularly in the area of um, disability employment services, which is a one of our, our main areas that we look after, and that's getting getting jobs for um, disabled people. Those providers are starting to do NDIS services as well. So what it means is the software can be used for both. Um, so so these sort of providers can have like you know bridge running two different programs, for example, and they can run as many programs as they want. But we're actually seeing that happen now, which is really exciting. Now, now it's interesting when you look at the the government uh, forecast. So their NDIS spending forecast to provide around well close to thirty four billion in 2022-23, growing to over $44 billion in four years, and that would extend, exceed the expenditure in Medicare. How much of that growth can you put into your forecasts in terms of gaining more? You know, you, you were saying you've got five or six at the moment. There's over 17,000 of NDIS providers. How quickly can you capture that market? Yeah, so this, this gets right to the strategy, actually. So the, the whole idea of um, making it easy to use and easy to buy um, and targeting that support coordinator segment to start with. There's a big chunk of providers in that market. So like I think there's around about like six or 7,000 just um, of support coordinators, right? And as I said before, a lot of these are small. So what we need to do is make the system so it's really easy to, to buy and use. So therefore you're opening yourself up to scale. It means that you can get more and more of these providers coming on in a, in a quick way so that you don't have to like spend a lot of time onboarding them and selling to each one. So that's really what the use of funds is for, is to to create that automation and to get, uh, you know, volume of those providers um, using Bridge. Similar to, to like a lot of SaaS companies like Xero, for example, that's how they did it as well. Um, you know, you're going after lots and lots of these SMEs and you make it easy to use and easy to buy. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing there. But to answer your question um, specifically, as the market grows, of course, more and more providers will enter the market. As more and more providers enter, then you know the, the the addressable market for us grows as well. So, so yeah, like the, the the addressable market for Bridge grows as the NDIS overall market grows. Yeah, exactly. And with those kind of forecasts, I mean, what are your forecasts? You know, in relation to to the government's expectations. We don't publicly disclose disclose our, our forecasts, like in in terms of the numbers. But yeah, it's it's fairly um, it's it's like one of those um, you know the, the rising the rising tide floats all all boats situation. So as that particular sector NDIS gets bigger and bigger, then the, the, the companies in that sector will also grow. Um, it's just a, a, a natural thing. It's because like, you know, there's more and more participants are expected to come into the system, more and more providers. So all of those, all of those people and need more care and all of the providers um, need software to, to run their operations. So, so yeah, it's really exciting for us. The more NDIS grows, the, the more our uh, growth prospects increase. 
What does your competitive landscape look like at the moment, um, Jamie? You were talking about six or seven thousand providers out there. However, obviously they're all they're, they don't all do the same thing. So, when as it relates to Bridge, who are your biggest competitors? Well, there's a couple of um, you know there's a couple of startups that have just started. Um, you know, there's there's uh, some legacy software in there as well, and then there's some larger um, software like you know Microsoft and and Salesforce, those sort of things. So, what happens with with um, the larger software is like the providers themselves end up having to uh, create software themselves, so to speak. They have to customize like Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics. So you see that happening with enterprise providers sometimes, but the small ones, they just really want like something off the shelf. So in that category, there's not, there's not that many competitors yet that just specifically do support coordination. But, you know, there's, there's software around that does support coordination and other things, but we're really focusing on that area to start with. So we're hoping to be, um, you know, the best and the owners of, of, of that part of NDIS um, and, then, and then branch out into other parts of NDIS as well. So, yeah, like to, to, to answer that, like there's, there's probably around about, I don't know, 15 or 16 um, types of software out there, like competitors, um, but there's none that are, that are really focusing on support coordination in the same way as, as we are, although there are others that, that do do support coordination, but they do other things as well. So it's, it's a really fragmented market at the moment, and we're, and we're, um, you know, we're interested in, in that fragmentation as well because it leads to opportunities um, you know, of consolidating the space and things like that. So there's a, there's a whole lot of um, opportunity there because the, the sector is only like, you know, six or seven years old in, in total. So like with any um, tech space, that often at the beginning there's lots of uh, little players um, and then usually what happens is they consolidate and you end up with like around about three big players in any sort of like tech vertical. I've seen that happen a lot, but that's usually what happens. So you get lots of little ones and then they... You know, they, they either go out of business or they um, or they merge together or they get acquired and, and you end up with like, you know, three big ones. So do you have your eye on anyone? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're looking around a, a little bit, but it's it's not a, it's not a, we're not in a desperate hurry, but um, we're always open to, to opportunities. Um, you know, there's a few, there's a few good ones around um, that we're looking at, but, you know, um, it's, it's, first of all, we've just got to like focus on. Um, doing that automation piece that I, that I was discussing, so we'll do that first, and you know, if, if an opportunity does present itself, we'll we'll take a serious look at it for sure. So, so let's talk a little bit about new markets, um, Jamie. You're looking into aged care and and home care, as well. Talk us through the strategy there. Yeah, so for that for that vertical, like we're, we're focusing on NDIS first. So once we get like a, a decent foothold in that, then we'll we'll focus more on aged care. So we're not really focusing on it right now. Um, you know, potentially we, we could acquire to get into aged care as well. That's another option if we want to fast track that. But the, the main growth area at the moment is is um, NDIS. And that's where we're building out like the, the features and the automation. But once we do that, like um, a, a lot of the, the features and automation um, will be applicable to aged care. But it will need like its own um, unique features built as well. You know, unique connectivity with the government, that sort of thing. So rather than doing it all at once, we just want to like consolidate um, on the first growth area, which is NDIS, but then you know we'll, we'll be sort of like cookie cutting that um, for aged care. Now, another area of focus that I know you've spoken about is cybersecurity. Um, you know, I, I suppose this is growing in importance in terms of the public's mind. Certainly, you know, with these fairly significant significant scares that have come about from yeah. companies. Um, you know, especially in the telco space more recently. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah. Um, so, so talk us through what you're doing there. Yeah, well, of course, that, that 
the last one um, with Optus, you know, that made you know world news was so massive. But there was also one in our space which didn't make that big news, but it was quite significant for us. And it was one of our competitors got hacked. And so what happened is like, you know, private citizen data ended up on the on the dark web and it, and it was getting sold. So that was really bad. And that got the attention of, um, of NDIA and NDIS. And so that became important for them. Like it was already important, but it, it became, you know, front and center. So it had already started before the Optus thing in, in our space. And, and luckily for us, we, you know, we've been focusing on um, security like heavily um, for the whole duration of the the company. So since two thousand and eight, we've been we've been focusing on it. Um, we have all of our uh, systems hosted with uh, Vault Cloud, which is a you know a sovereign cloud hosting provider. So that you know, like they they handle defense and stuff like that. So you know, super secure. We we have full accreditation through. Um, the employment services part of the business, like with with Desi, so we got federal government accreditation there. We, you know, we had to go through um, over eight hundred security controls to get that accreditation. We've also got the, we've also passed the cyber security for NDIA, and and we were one of the, the the best ones to go through. They told us this um, because we were already advanced, having going gone through the federal government, you know, employment services side of things. So. So that, that is a huge USP for us, like how secure we are. Um, and we take it like super seriously. And I'd, I'd like to think that we're ahead of most of our, our competitors there. The government, of course, has an even more intense focus, I suppose, on, on cyber security and cyber crime uh, because of all of the, the sort of information and security that you have to protect. How much mm. of this, obviously, you, you, you're saying you, you're on the front foot when it comes to this anyway. Yeah. Um, with the level of the importance of data, but how much pressure are you feeling from from the government um, to do even more than what you're doing now? Well, I just think like a, with the Optus thing, like a, it brings home like even like a, a huge uh, company like that can get hacked significantly, mm. right? So like mm. I think it, um, I guess the, I'm, we're not getting any um, more pressure from the government because we're already going through those, the security audit stuff like on a continual basis. You know what I mean? So, like, that's a continual thing for us. It's not like we do like one order and then that's the end of it forever. Like every every um, few years, you have to go and do a, another like in detail audit. So, I guess like you know we're complying to all of that. So we're up to date with all of all of that security from a government um, perspective. But just just from a company perspective and and my own personal feeling about it, yeah, like it's put on even more heat. I think like I just um, it, it is something that I worry about like for the whole you know, all companies um, about their security and how and how easy it is to get hacked and foreign actor players like hacking and all that sort of stuff. Like it's a, it's a, it should be a concern for every company, but we're doing as much as we can to um, to prevent that. And we, you know, like to the extent that we don't even use like a, a foreign company to host our data. So like, um, you know, like Vault's a, a locally owned one versus like, you know, you could, you could choose... You know, like a, say for example, like a, a Microsoft or an Amazon cloud, which are owned by U.S. companies. That's that's the extent that we've gone. We've we've, we've thought like, well, you know, it's it's Australian um, private citizen data. We want we want it owned. You know, it's, it belongs to those people. So we want like the where we host it. We want that facility to be owned by Australians as well. Um, mm. That's that's how serious we take it. Now, Jamie, if we look a bit, if we look at your balance sheet for a moment, obviously we talked about the fact you have these funds go, coming in from your IPO, which have been pre-allocated. Um, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Employment services at the moment is the majority of your revenue. What does your revenue mix look like in five years' time? 
Yeah, I think what's, what you're going to see is, well, in five years, it's, it's quite a, a way away, but like you'll definitely yes. see, uh, you'll definitely see like those adjacent markets, the vertical markets, um, overtake employment services revenue. And the reason for that is it's just the scale of those markets is much bigger. You know, like, like we discussed, you know, there's 17,000 um, providers with, with, and there's another 6,000, I think, on the waiting list for NDIS. And then, and then you've got like your um, aged care providers as well, and potentially you know other verticals um, that we haven't identified yet, but which Bridge can work for, because because Bridge is pretty generic. It can work with lots of different providers. We just tweak it for for different government programs and build new features. So it's, so in five years' time, it's potentially you'll see a lot of revenue from NDIS overtaking employment services by a lot. You'll see aged care revenue as well, and you might see a couple of other verticals. So when it comes to full year numbers, looking ahead, what sort of growth do you expect? We haven't really put down a, a forecast, but we've got internal forecasts, but we haven't released them to the, the public yet. But, we're, you know, we're expecting significant growth. What I will say, though, is that, you know, the management uh, is tied into the growth of the company. So, you know, all of our incentives are, are based on significant uh, revenue growth. And you can see um, the revenue numbers that our um, remuneration is tied to in the prospectus. So that gives you like a, a clue of what we're aiming for there. Mm, absolutely. All right, Jamie, that is unfortunately all we've got time for, but it's been great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. It's great talking to you. And of course, thanks to all of our listeners today uh, for listening to this episode of Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. We will catch you next time.